Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Happy Friday to you. It's Sam um, here with another Fractured Heroes update slash live reading today. And I said happy Friday. Um, I should say happy Bandcamp Friday, if you're in the know about that. Um, I'm doing this today because the first Friday of the month, well, actually, I'll do it. at first I said it was only going to be a 2020 thing, but now they said they were going to do it this month, too. Um, I, I don't know about the rest of the year yet. Um, but today, at least, February 5th, is Bandcamp Friday, which means that, um, sorry, I gotta get my credits up. Um, so Bandcamp, where I have my audio chapters for Fractured Heroes, is waiving their fees for all downloads. Normally they take a revenue share, that's, that's how they make money, but if you name your price for any purchase this day only, um, the full amount goes to the artists, which is me in this case. So go on there, um, it's fracturedheroes.bandcamp.com if you want part of the story. You can name your price. It's all free. Um, I have sections from book one, sections from book two. It's all free, um, but name your price. Any amount you choose to give, the full amount today will go to me directly. So um, that's out there. If you're interested in the story, if you want to support an independent up-and-coming artist slash new dad, that's me. This is a great way to do it. Um, fracturedheroes.bandcamp.com all day long. The, uh, the link is in the video description that you're watching right now. There's also... Um, a Facebook event I created, um, there's a link to that too. Uh, it's on my author page, Samuel N. Harris, not Samuel Nathan Harris, Samuel N. Harris. It should be the pin post there. Go there for more details. But really, what you need to know is fracturedheroes.bandcamp.com. Go there today, name your price to download. The full amount goes to me directly, and you'll be helping us out. So, thank you for being interested in that. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you for listening. Um, I told you I'm going to do a live reading, and I will in just a minute. Um, so this is an exciting time for me, though, because I just finished the drafting of book two. I mean, it's still needs some editing. Um, I think the last scene, the last chapter, I was just kind of rushing a little bit because I, I had to put it out in my head and I wanted to finish that night. Um, but I, I, I might have rushed the very ending a little bit just, 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 to, um, just to get it out there. So I, I am going to go back and edit before I share that, that last chapter with anyone else. Um, no one else has read it yet or heard it, not even my wife. Um, but, but yeah, the drafting, not not kind of editing, drafting is finished. And this is a big deal because uh, I mean, finishing a book is a big deal. I can now say I've written three books, um, two of Fractured Heroes. The one was earlier than that. It's not not a project I'm planning to work on anymore. We'll talk about that later, or never. Um, but yeah, um, so I finished. Um, or sorry, I started writing this in, in, in um, July 2019. Um, Started on book two then after having I mean, not not kind of not kind of outlining or planning I had, had the ideas in my head for a while I started the actual writing in July 2019 finished in January 2021 so it took me about a year and a half to write the full book oh thanks my dear she says impressive um, and yeah um, so just finished we're gonna um, I'm gonna be in editing land for a while before I begin on writing again um, but that's kind of we are now and so like i said i can't really share with you the ending of the book for one it's not ready yet it needs to be looked over again two um you know it's spoilers i don't want to share the ending with anyone who hasn't like heard of the story up to that point um because it's kind of a big deal but um i thought what i did today is read a section from the beginning of the book because that's kind of where the action begins that's kind of where we jump in um and and it's a, one of my favorite scenes well I'm trying to say that's about several scenes in the book, but I kind of like the scene. I kind of like how it all plays out. 
um, and just getting into the action with characters who are familiar to me. And if you've been following with us for a little while, maybe characters who are familiar to you too. So I'm going to read a section today that with most of book one, chapter one. So if you're following the timeline, this is what I wrote back in July 2019. Um, I have not looked at it recently. I mean, I've, I've edited it at least once because I read it to our in-person writers group some time ago. Um, so it's been through at least one round of edits, maybe more. Um, but I have not looked at it recently, I must admit. So um, can't promise how polished it is compared to stuff I'm working on right now. Um, but that's part of the fun of, of these live ones, I guess, where you, you get to see kind of entire process before it's all finished, before it's completely out there and published. So in just a moment, I'm going to read from Fractured Heroes Book 2, Chapter 1. Okay. Um, let me, let's see. Let me get over there just a minute. Um, yeah. And we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Um, okay. I'm here. I have a document pulled up. Um, it's called Chapter One, One Year Later, because it takes place about one year after Book One. And I'm not going to preface it too much more because it's the whole because the whole story is here. I'll just dive into it. Remember, if you enjoy what you hear, FracturedHeroes.BandCamp.com. You can download neighbor prices, download it all day, all day long. The full amount will go to, to me directly. Here is Fractured Heroes, Book Two, Chapter One, entitled One Year Later. <coughs> Drake Evans wore aviator sunglasses inside along with a baseball cap pulled low to avoid being recognized until he wanted to be. He still kept his sunglasses, sorry, his signature black leather jacket. It was part of the look he'd always gone for. But if he kept his head down, thick blonde hair covered, and stayed out of the center of attention as much as possible, then hopefully nobody would be able to, to pin him as Frostburn, the superhuman vigilante of local fame. He breathed a sigh as he moved carefully through the crowded coffee shop, a warm drink in hand. He had given the barista a fake name, of course, and made sure to pay with cash, just in case. He stood behind a column and raised his head up, his head just long enough to skin the crowds. Then his eyes settled upon what he was looking for, or rather, who. He almost wished that he was meeting with someone related to his superhero identity, an underworld conduct, perhaps, or a lead on a crime, someone who needed to interrogate or intimidate. That was easy to him, or at least he had grown more practice at it within the past year. But that wasn't his mission. Not today. Drake took a deep breath and began to walk forward. A pretty girl with light brown skin and wavy black hair was checking her phone, seated alone at a small round table with two chairs. He came up behind the empty chair and set his coffee down on the table. The girl looked up at him. Hi, Nikki? Drake asked. She smiled. Yeah, Drake? You got me, Drake answered with, with a grin. He removed his cap and sunglasses and began to set them down as well. Before finishing the motion with his left hand, he awkwardly extended his right hand toward Nikki. She hesitated for a second, but then just, just as awkwardly reached out and shook it. It's good to finally meet you. He pulled out the chair and took a seat. Yeah, nice to meet you too, Nikki answered, still maintaining, perhaps deliberately forcing, an attractive smile. She pointed her finger. Your cup says Jim, she noted playfully. Yeah, well, who can really hear in a place like this, Drake asked. I'd be surprised if they even got me water right at all. Well, thanks for coming out today. Oh, sure. Glad to be able to do this. I guess I was just a few minutes late. Sorry, I kept you. He nervously took a sip of coffee and winced, wishing he had waited for it to cool off. No problem, Nikki assured him. It was probably secret superhero business, right? Drake chuckled. Heh, no, not really this time. I mean, maybe it does take me a little longer because I have to, you know, be careful about going out in public and stuff. That's the thing about this life, I guess. Nikki also took a sip of a drink without wincing from the heat. Gotta admit, 
Up until this moment, I still wasn't sure if it was really going to be you. Oh, really? Drake asked with another nervous laugh. Well, hey, here I am, in the flesh. Yeah, but I mean, anyone on the, on the internet can pretend to, pretend to be a celebrity. You never really know these days. Celebrity? Drake repeated. Well, I don't know about all that. I mean, I guess I am kind of famous. Like, people know who I am and everything, at least in this area. Not sure about, like, nationwide or anything. You don't have to be modest with me, Nikki offered. You've been making headlines pretty regularly for the past year. I mean, you and the rest of your team, friends, whatever. You're definitely the most famous person I've ever seen on a dating site, at least. She let out a small little laugh as well. I'll give you that, Drake conceded with a nod. I mean, what can I say? I feel like I was never this big before, so maybe I'm still not used to it. This past year has been a whirlwind, and things have really changed for me a lot. You mean, you mean since you all saved the whole city? Drake waved a hand. Well, I don't know if we really... He paused and remembered what his date had just said about being modest. Uh, yeah, since then. So tell me about it. Hmm? Drake asked after a pause. It took a moment to recognize that she had used the phrase, not just as a conversation filler, but as a legitimate request. About saving the city, or... About your life in the past year, Nikki said, or just your life in general. You said it's been kind of a crazy whirlwind, and I mean, we're supposed to be getting to know each other, right? Yeah, absolutely. Drake nervously took another sip. Absolutely. Well, okay then. Where do I begin? He shifted in his seat, met eyes directly with Nikki, and gestured with his hands as he spoke. Okay, so I've been Frostburn. I've had these powers for about four years now. But I wouldn't say I was always a hero. I mean, I tried the hero thing at first, but my heart wasn't really in it. Believe it or not, all I really wanted was to impress a girl. Hope. My ex, actually. And sure, I like to look cool and feel powerful, but I didn't really care that much about helping people. Back then, that is. So I kind of quit with the hero thing. But then a year ago, well, you know what happened. It was all over the news. I had to join up with the other heroes. We faced real danger and real evil villains. And that, I guess it was kind of a big turning point for me. I guess, I guess that's when I really started to realize that I wanted something more out of life. Nikki looked like she wanted to say something, to interject something, but Drake didn't notice and barely even paused for breath. So, I mean, I've been trying, he continued, trying to be a better person, I guess. I mean, yeah, I've been actually fighting crime more, using my powers to help people. I've been kind of looking for a real job, or working on it at least. I've gone to AA meetings and stuff like that. I feel like I'm starting to actually get my life together, which maybe I've needed for a long time. At least that's what Hope always told me. And I even reconnected with her in the middle of all this, or at least I thought I did. But now she's dating some other guy she met at school, and here I am. He stopped himself and looked up at Nikki, whose lips were pursed together in hesitation. Oh, crap, said Drake. I, I am so sorry. No, no, you're fine, Nikki offered politely. I did ask, didn't I? Man, I am still such a jerk, Drake said, and it sounded like he meant it. He was looking at the table, down at the table now, not meeting her eyes. We're on a date, and I'm just talking about all about myself and my exes. Isn't that, like, supposed to be a classic bad move? Nikki laughed nervously without answering. Here, can I start over? I am so sorry. Hi, I'm Drake. Nice to meet you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about you? Nikki gave a nervous smile. Okay, well, I... Oh, my gosh! Is that Frostburn? Wait, really? It is. Crap, Drake uttered as two eager teenage boys rushed over to his table. He wished he had kept his cap on. Dude, you're Frostburn, said one boy to Drake. You're the coolest. Yeah, we love you, the other boy added. Drake grinned uneasily as Nikki drank back from the boys. Hey, well, always glad to meet some fans. Can you show us your powers? Drake put up his hands in front of himself. You know, now really isn't a great time. Aw, oh, please... Dude, the man is clearly on a date with a fine-looking lady, the boy whispered to his friend a little too loudly. Let's give him some face, okay? The other glanced from Drake to Nikki in sudden recognition. Oh, um, okay. But can we at least get a selfie? Drake began to protest, but sighed resignedly. Sure, why not? He forced an uncomfortable half-smile as the excited boys posed for pictures on their phones. I'm sorry about that, Drake told Nikki once the boys had run off. Trust me, it gets sold for me, too. 
um, you were saying? Nikki smiled again. Well, um, so my life is pretty boring compared to all that. Nonsense, Drake waved a hand. I want to hear about it. Okay, so right now I work for a local startup company, a small one. Doing what? We provide. At that moment, Drake's phone buzzed loudly in a jacket pocket. Crap, Drake uttered again. He, he, he looked up at Nikki. I'm listening. But his phone buzzed a second time. Do you take that? It's fine. Drake smiled. Sorry, just one second. He took out his phone and looked at new messages. Then he grimaced and took in a breath sharply. Is everything okay? Nikki asked. Drake groaned. I am so sorry. It's hope. I mean, it's hope, Nikki finished. No, no, no. I was going to say it's her, Drake corrected with a nervous laugh. Her being Lady Light, of course, my fellow crime fighter. Strictly a professional acquaintance. I mean, what, you think I only know or talk to just one girl? Because let me tell you, that is not... Is it something urgent? Nikki interrupted. Drake sighed. Yeah, there's a robbery. Downtown at the bank. I have to go. He looked at her as, he, as, he, as, he, as he, he stood up. Sorry. I'll make it up to you, okay? Rain check. We'll do this again. Nikki smiled. I'll text you. Great. Looking forward to it. It was so great to meet you. Really. We'll talk soon. I gotta go. Drake rushed out, drink in hand, leaving Nikki with her coffee alone. Page break, or scene change, whatever term you want to use. Or, meanwhile... The first bank of Winston was a large building, multi-storied and high-ceilinged, much more expansive than a simple local branch would be. In the back with it were the vaults filled with unending stacks of bills, but Victor Kirby currently stood toward the front in the middle of the wide-open first floor, watching as tellers and frightened customers alike cowered behind the rows of desks and other furniture on the sides of the large room. Victor smiled. He liked being the kind of guy who, who people were afraid of, but he also liked the irony of it all. Right now, he was just standing in the center of the room doing nothing, he didn't even have a gun on his person. He did have his partner, Carl Scott, pacing the floor around him, bearing his fists menacingly to the bystanders on the ground. But Carl wasn't carrying a gun either. He didn't need to. Victor and Carl, along with their other two partners in crime that day, had superhuman abilities. Victor's skin was currently a layer, layer of impenetrable gray stone. Carl could shoot destructive laser bursts out of his hands. And everyone in the room knew exactly who they were dealing with. That's right, Victor announced loudly. Nice and easy. Just stay where you are, stay quiet, and nobody has to get hurt. He gestured toward another man and a woman on the open floor. My associates will be coming around to collect valuables from each of you, and they'll be out of your hair. Don't worry. You can't do this to us, screamed an elderly woman from on the ground nearby. Veronica Byrne, the female outlaw, was approaching the woman and her, her huddled group of victims of the bag. You can't just come in here and take whatever you want. Eddie Cole, the fourth partner in crime, extended his neck toward her from across the room. Lady, that's exactly what we're doing. And you better believe we can. The heroes will come, the woman protested. The heroes are going to come, and they'll stop a lot of you. Victor smiled again. I'm sure they will, he said quietly, and in fact, I'm counting on it. Please, oh, please don't, the woman continued as Veronica tried to lift the gold necklace off of her. This is a gift for my husband. It's, it's all I have left. Boss, said Carl, glancing toward Victor and pounding his laser power fists together. You want me to shut her up? Before Victor could answer, another man from the crowd stood up, stood up. Wait, he said, holding up his hand, stepping forward. Don't hurt her. Victor cocked one student eyebrow at the man. Excuse me? Who the hell are you to be giving orders? I'm a security guard, said the man. I just want... You don't look like one, said Victor. The man he was speaking to had rich brown skin, close-cropped black hair, and a muscular figure, but he was dressed in casual clothing, a tan polo and the jeans. The man sighed. I mean, I don't work for the bank. That's just my profession. Look. I'm not going to cause any trouble for you. Just let me go calm the lady down. The woman was still crying, waiting in the background. What's in it for you, Victor asked. 
Nothing, the man answered, keeping his hands raised. I just don't want anyone to get hurt. I want this all to go off smoothly without any, any trouble, just like you. Victor hesitated, but then spoke. First, your wallet. Sure thing. The man slowly pulled a wallet from his pants pocket and handed it over. Victor opened the wallet, and before even checking for cash, took out the man's driver's license and held it up with his stony fingers. Aaron Franklin, he uttered, squinting. He pocketed the wallet and license in his black cargo pants. Go on over. But, but before you cry anything, just remember, I know your name and where you live. Aaron nodded and put his hands down. Thank you. He slowly walked over to the woman on the ground, knelt down, and put a strong hand on her shoulder. Ma'am, it's going to be all right, Aaron said to her, but I don't want you to get hurt. Please, just try to stay calm and do these people ask. But the heroes, the woman continued, although more quietly this time, won't the heroes be coming? They're not here, and they can't help you, said Veronica with a cruel sneer. Now the, the, the necklace, fast. She reached out to take the necklace from the woman. Then a fireball shot through the window and hit her in the back. Ow, Veronica shouted. What the hell? Flames danced around her shoulders, and she immediately went intangible. Her form was still visible while the flames passed through her and fell harmlessly to the ground. Nice one, Frostburn, said Lady Light, flying into the bank's front door. But did you have to take out the window? Frostburn followed her inside on the ground, along with Miracle and Ruby. Huh? I wasn't... He turned his head sharply, leaving his sentence unfinished before darting forward and spraying blasts of both fire and ice toward the rubbers. You! shouted Carl. He reached out and set a few bright, laser, re, bright red laser bursts in the direction of the oncoming heroes. Well, yeah. What did you expect? Miracle asked. Lady Light generated a golden force field in front of them, deflecting the laser bursts harmlessly. Okay, team, you know your partners, Ruby nuts, commandingly. Get on it. Way ahead of you, said Frostburn. He ran up, reached out, and coated Carl's fists in a thin layer of ice. Wow, you little... Carl turned after him while Frostburn evaded. Eddie stretched out his torso and arms, extending his elastic body several feet up into the air. He reached out toward Lady Light with his elongated arms, but she put up another force field to block. Give up, she said. You know he can't break through. Ruby ran toward Veronica, who had briefly solidified, and threw a knife toward her from the distance. Veronica phased out again, and the knife passed through her and clattered to the ground. Better be careful throwing things around, Veronica commented. Thought you cared about keeping people safe. Trust me, I know what I'm doing, said Ruby. Fists out, Miracle rushed toward Victor. The stone man saw him coming and maintained a spot in the open, arms crossed and steeled for impact. But Miracle didn't simply throw a punch. Once he was close enough, he lunged toward Victor, arms outstretched, and tackled his opponent to the ground. Victor groaned upon hitting the floor. Okay, tough guy, you want to go again? Let's go. He slowly picked himself back up. Miracle did the same. Let's do it, Vic. Can I call you Vic? We've tussled enough times now that I feel like we're, we really should be on a first-name basis. Victor lunged at him. His stone skin made him stronger than Miracle, but also somewhat slower. The stone fist raised Miracle's side, but the hero managed to dodge the bulk of the blow. Then again, I guess that's not totally fair, said Miracle, still dodging and weaving around his opponent. I mean, you don't know my first name. That's it, Vic. You just need a cool code name like me. Shut up! Victor gritted his teeth and rushed at Miracle with fuller force. He managed to hit Miracle in the chest. Miracle winced in pain but tried not to show it. Let's see, said Miracle. There's Rocky. We could call you Rocky. That's already taken. He moved further toward the back of the open floor, leading Victor toward the wall vaults, but away from most of the civilians on the ground. Or how about Rock Face? Get it? Rock Face. Victor threw another punch, hitting Miracle's shoulder. You never talked this much before, you annoying little shit. Yeah, well, what can I say? Asked Miracle, landing a return blow against Victor with his opposite hand. Life is looking up for me. I'm much more of a happy-go-lucky guy these days. Sooner or later, I realized, why can't I kick your butt and have fun doing it, too? Or you could just shut up and let me beat your ass like every time before. You mean like the time I knocked you off of a roof unless you cracked and broken on the ground, Miracle asked. That's how I remember our first meeting going. 
I'll smash your smug little jaw. Victor threw another punch. Miracle ducked under it and came up close to Victor, attempting to surround him, but instead Victor grabbed Miracle and lifted him up over his head. Well, crap, said Miracle. I may not have thought this one. Victor threw him against the back wall. Miracle crashed against the middle vault door and slumped to the ground. Miracle, Ruby shouted. Nearby, Lady Light floated in the, in the air, fending off Eddie Cole. She was generating small force fields to bombard him with, but they just bounced off of his elastic skin. She tried to hover at the side of his reach, but quickly realized how futile such a notion was. Nothing was out of reach to a man with indefinitely stretching arms. Eddie had extended his legs several feet off the ground, and he had stretched out his arms toward Lady Light as well. She tried to maneuver away, but soon his thick, pliable fingers began wrapping around her torso. Can't get away that easy, Eddie called, his face now nearly level with Lady Light's. You creep, Lady Light shouted, get your filthy hands off me. Eddie was closing his fingers more tightly now, constraining his opponent. Not a chance, he shot back, his voice distorted by his outstretched vocal cords. You four ain't stopping, ain't stopping us this time. Lady Light grunted under the impact. She needed a plan and fast. She was facing toward Eddie, still in his elastic grip. She got her, her strings and summoned one more force field about the current size of Eddie's head from several feet away in the air. Then she brought it forward as fast as she could and ran it into his skull. Ow! Eddie cried. Lady Light did it again, slamming him with the force field a few more times. You've got to still have a brain under all that goop, she said. And I know that means you feel pain. With Eddie distracted and weakened, Lady Light wriggled in the air just long enough to break free from his, of his grip. Then she soared up a few more feet, outstretched her legs, and kicked her foot with the face and her way back to the ground. Eddie cried out again, and the impact, impact toppled his lopsided figure to the floor. Eddie instinct, instinctively began to retract his limbs back to himself, prepared to lash out again. But Lady Light didn't give him another chance. Back on the ground, she began to generate a much larger force field and use it to surround Eddie, coming in at him from all sides. Hey, what are you doing? Eddie called, realizing too late what was happening. No, no! He flared out again and again, but Lady Light extended the force field around him until all of Eddie's ill-proportioned body was trapped inside the glowing sphere of golden light. She could see and hear him kicking and stretching inside what limited space he had, but she didn't let up. She clenched her teeth, strained her brow, and kept her focus straight ahead to maintain the field for so long. After a minute, Eddie gasped and his head slumped downward. Not dead, but passed out from lack of oxygen. Lady Light let go of the force field and took a deep breath herself. Just feet away, Frostburn had been shooting fireballs at Carl Scott, while Carl blasted red laser beams back toward Frostburn. Both were trying to dodge, but had taken one or two glancing blows. See how you like this, punk, Carl said, unleashing another red beam at Frostburn. Frostburn just barely managed to, to, to jump out of the way in time. He didn't respond to his opponent. He turned his fists to ice instead. Maybe more ice could, could block the laser blast, at least temporarily. He tried to spread the ice toward his opponent's hands, but he couldn't build up enough of a barrier from this far away. You think that's going to stop me? Carl asked with a sneer. Frostburn still remained silent. Why so quiet? Usually I can't get you to stop blabbing, you loudmouth punk. Just trying to focus, Frostburn uttered, blinking and biting his lip. He went up closer, but tried to staff to the side, rather than directly in front of his foe. He reached forward for another barrage of ice, and Carl hit him with a full force laser blast to the chest. Frostburn staggered backward and collapsed to the floor. Drake! Lady Light called out. Carl laughed. That all you got? Because that was too easy. Frostburn didn't get up. Across the room toward the back where Miracle had been, Ruby, fists raised, circled the intangible figure of Veronica Byrne. The two women had already tried to exchange blows, but with Ronnie able to phase out a solid matter, neither had landed one solid punch. Even one solid punch. Now they paced back and forth a few times, neither were making a move. What's it going to be, Veronica taunted. You know you can't fight me. I know you can't say that like that forever, Ruby retorted, narrowing her masked eyes, still wary of her foe. So what? The other woman asked, shaking her tied-back auburn hair. 
you're gonna stall me wait for the one second to go stall it again and, and then strike i don't know all your tricks by now and we both know you don't have a whole lot of options why are you doing this veronica ruby asked why throw with them she gestured toward the other three power criminals in the room oh trying to reason with me huh veronica retorted oh that's an, okay that's a new one i'll admit you're not like them ruby offered you're not you're, you're not just a common thug you're smart skilled careful veronica shrugged thanks for noticing but a girl's got to eat Ruby continued. With your powers, you can be doing so much more than just hitting up banks and running from the cops all the time. Yeah, but it's the cash, Ronka said nonchalantly. We've all got, got to get to buy somehow, and our employer is paying us handsomely for this, for this particular job. Ruby blinked. She hadn't been expecting that. Your employer? You mean you aren't considering this for yourselves? Ronka stood open mouthed for a second, realizing she had given away too much. So what are you working for? Benatelli's in jail. The other woman narrowed her eyes and quickly resumed her smug attitude. I don't care who he is if the money is good. Now listen, are we going to fight? Because I can really do this, this dance all day. But what? Ruby began. Hey, Ronnie! Victor called from the vault in the back of the room. Let's get this door open. Miracle still lay motionless at his feet. Sorry, gotta run, said Veronica. She leapt forward toward Ruby and went saw it again long enough to, to, to deliver a kick to the other woman's stomach. Then she scurried off toward the, toward the vault. Ruby suppressed the pain and quietly began to fall behind her. <coughs> you took out Miracle? Veronica said, said with a nod toward Victor. Nice. He's not so tough, Richard grunted. Veronica pressed her hand to the vault door, then phased out again and walked forward into the vault. Her figure was out of sight for a moment. A loud creaking noise was heard, and then the heavy vault door swung open from the inside, cracked just far enough for someone to step through. Stacks, stacks upon stacks of innumerable bills and coins filled the vault from the floor to the ceiling. Richard grinned widely. Well, I'll be damned. I'm going to be a rich man. He took a heavy step toward, toward the open vault. At that moment, with superhuman reflexes, Miracle leapt up from the ground, grabbed the massive metallic vault door, and slammed it with force into Victor's stone head and body. Victor crashed unceremoniously to the floor. Vic! shouted Veronica. She turned to Miracle. Why, you dirty son of a... Ruby came up from behind and punched her in the base of the skull. The impact of her fist with her signature ruby ring knocked the other woman unconscious as well. Hey! said Miracle, taking a deep breath. Nice work. He stepped close to face the other hero. You too, said Ruby, eyeing Victor's motionless stone form. You planned that? Loaded back on purpose? Kind of, sort of, Miracle grinned. I figured they would go for the vault. So you were just faking being passed out? Mostly, said Miracle, wincing. Though I think I might have actually zoned out for a minute, a minute there, to be honest. He did tell me pretty hard. You're hurt? Oh, yeah. He took another breath. But, you know, I heal fast. I'm glad, Ruby spoke softly. All right, that was so awesome, someone shouted. Miracle and Ruby both looked up. A young man of about 20, wearing a gray hoodie, was standing there with his phone held out. One of the bank patrons turned would-be hostages had been filming the preceding, the preceding battle. You guys were amazing! Miracle narrowed his eyes. Hey man, isn't that a little, a little disrespectful? This is a serious situation. People actually got hurt. Yeah, whatever, the young man replied. But I got it all right here. I'm gonna get so many hits online for this. But seriously, Ruby put a hand on the shoulder. Miracle. She gestured toward the side wall of the room, several feet away. Of the four criminals, Carl Scott was still up and walking around. He had just shattered a wall-sized window with his laser burst and was standing next to what was now a gaping hole in the building. The young man with the camera phone quickly turned his attention toward the unfolding scene. Stop right there, Miracle shouted. He stepped forward and quickly scanned the room for help. Lady Light was on the ground, several feet away, tending to a knockout frostburn. He and Ruby were on their own for the moment. Not so fast, said Carl, holding up a hand. Not one step closer. Miracle stopped where he was and held up his hands. Okay, he said to Carl. I'm right here. But Carl, you know it's over, right? 
Shut up, shouted Carl. I'm getting out of here. I'm not going back to jail. Police want to swarm in the place by now, Miracle pointed out. You'll never get past them. I can take him, Carl said, his laser fist gl 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 glowing red. I walk, or more people get hurt today. Okay, okay, Miracle said calmly. Let's not do anything. I'm getting out of here, Carl repeated, and you're going to let me. And why would I do that? Miracle asked, cocking an eyebrow. Because you're a hero, Carl pointed out, and you care about her. He reached forward and fired a laser burst, aimed directly at Ruby. Miracle didn't hesitate. He moved to cover Ruby's body and pushed her away from the blast. The laser grazed him on the back of the shoulder, or on the back end shoulder. He went from the pain, but it hurt him a lot less than it would have hurt a non-powered person. You okay? Miracle asked. I'm fine, Ruby confirmed. Miracle looked back toward the open window. Carl Scott was gone. Police flooded into the bank from outside to arrest the three unconscious crooks and to take statements from the heroes and bystanders. Lady Light was able to revive Frostburn. He was sore, but not badly injured. The victims, most of them shaken up but not physically, physically hurt, began to file out of the bank. Cleanup crews arrived to tend to the damage to the building. After a while, the four heroes made their way outside. They stood behind the bank in a secluded alley bridging the bank in another brick building. People continued to pass by on a nearby sidewalk, but the heroes were mostly out of the way of the crowd. You sure you're okay? Lady Light asked Frostburn. I can fly you to the hospital right now. Thanks, but I'm good, Frostburn answered with a smile. Those lasers are no joke, Miracle pointed out. I've taken them before. They hurt, and I have super strength. Yeah, but I actually think you might have been pulling his punches, Frostburn offered. I, I just need to sleep it off. Miracle nodded. Okay, whatever you think is best. We submitted a team meeting ASAP, Ruby said. We'll need to go over what happened and what we know. ASAP, like now? asked Miracle. Ruby shook her head. Let's at least let Drake get some rest. All of us could use some rest, actually. I don't think there are any urgent threats for tonight. Those three are in custody and Scott's in the wind. He's going to want to lie low for a while. Tomorrow morning work? asked Lady Light. The usual time? My class ends at 10.30. 11 it is. My place, said Ruby. Oof, said Frostburn. Thought you guys wanted me to get some sleep. Lady Light eyed him. It's 11 o'clock. How late do you sleep? Relax. I'm joking. Mostly. But it's fine. You're not out of the group. I think I'm just going to take the bus back and turn in for the night. See you guys tomorrow. Frostburn walked in the sidewalk and out of sight. See you. Lady Light called after him. She turned toward Miracle and Ruby. Okay. Guess I'm out too. Good work today, friends. Take care. She rose up into the sky and flew away. Miracle turned toward Ruby. How about us? Just heading back too? Yeah, she answered. You could use some R&R &R too with that blow you took. You're right about that, he bid. Want me to walk you back, or? She smiled at him. You know I'd love that, but we've got to be careful, Miracle finished. I know. Don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves in public. Not everyone needs, needs to know that we're... I get it, Miracle interrupted. You head home. I'll find a place to go change. And I'll see you back at your place, place later on? I certainly hope so, said Ruby. Great. You know you saved me today? Miracle thought for a second. Guess I did. How many times is that now? I wasn't really keeping count. Well, I'm grateful. He smiled. I'm glad I could do it. He leaned in toward her. Ruby hesitated but pressed her lips to his for a quick kiss. Miracle returned it with sincere affection. Affection. Then another kiss. And another. Okay, said Miracle softly. I'm going. I love you. He smiled again. See you soon. Miracle ran off from the alleyway. Ruby walked away in the opposite direction. And, looking on from a sidewalk across the street, a young man in a gray hoodie pressed a button on his phone, put it back in his pocket, smiled to himself, and also walked away.
bum 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 that's the end of what i'll read for today so if you liked that if you enjoyed that if any of it was fun cool whatever uh, more is available online fracturedheroes.bandcamp.com i have sections slash summaries of book one if you want to get caught up in the story and book two i have full chapters um about probably three quarters of the book i um I, I told you i just finished writing it i kind of slacked off on putting chapters online i guess this, this past few months because uh, one we had a baby and two um i was just kind of focused on finishing the book and 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 i guess the writing editing work more so so not every chapter is online but a good chunk of the book is online um so go there listen to it fracturedheroes.bandcamp.com if you name your price to download today only the full amount will go to me directly uh, and you'd be supporting an independent artist and new dad so thank you for your consideration thank you for being here um if you enjoyed that you want to know more um you can also sign up for my mailing list there's um a link in the event description should be on my um on my author page too it's a link that has like chipper maker in it if you, with, with some numbers if you see that link in the in the description click there um enter your email address you'll get updates when i go live again when um when I, when I have more content related to the story things like that um other than that thank you for being here have a great friday hope to hear from you again soon and keep on keeping on thanks everyone see ya